Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, y'all? It's your boy DS Team. We're here with another edition of our podcast. Today is episode number three, and I'm here with my guy Kyle yet again. What's up, Kyle? What's up, Cam? I'm feeling good. I'm happy to be back. It's a lovely Thursday down here now in San Diego. So, oh yeah, I, I'm happy to be here once again. This is uh, San Diego, the greatest place in the in the world. It really is. It's amazing over there. I'm from Boston, so I don't have that luxury of being you know perfect weather all the time. But hey, I'm sure you're pretty happy to be there. Yeah, it's uh, it's looking pretty good out here today. And uh, yeah, uh, speaking That's of awesome. Boston, speaking of Boston. Oh. Do we do we wait? Do we wait to talk about the Bruins, or do do you want to rip the bandaid off real quick, or wait till the end so I can clown you a little bit more? Because yeah, for those who are not hockey quickly. people, yeah, the uh, the Boston Bruins, who were the prohibitive favorites potentially to make a run all the way to the Stanley Cup final, got upset in six games by the New York Islanders, yep. who are now somehow the best team in New York across all fo- like five sports and eight teams. The Islanders. Yeah who for 30 years have just been terrible, terrible yeah. at hockey, uh, knocked out Cam's beloved Boston Bruins, who yeah. probably could have, should have, would have gone to the Stanley Cup against well, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, ex- exactly. That's kind of... So Tampa's going to win it, but the Bruins obviously choked. I mean, there's no if ands, or buts about it. Um, really, the number one thing I think that people are forgetting is that there's a lot of injury on the Bruins for defense, um, you know, on in the play, in in this series, and you know there was questions even before the season. Why, you know, why aren't they bringing back Chara? Why aren't they bringing back Krug? To be honest, like it was just depth issues. Um, but there's no excuse. They are a significantly better team, you know. And just in hockey, not always the best team doesn't always win hockey. Just it's a thing. It's always been something. So, you know, end of the day, like their window keeps closing you know i think that next year Tuka Rass is probably not gonna be a bruin and all these other changes have to be made but yeah the bruins are uh pretty disappointing to be honest because they're probably one of the most talented teams in boston i mean for my for my lifetime they've been good and uh yeah just a complete bummer and they absolutely gagged that one away and i don't think it was all on tuka but i think it had a lot to do with him and defense was struggling too so yep I can and for those who for those time. who kind of need the background on that, so oh, Boston yeah, two years ago. I mean, I just I've learned over time people don't like hockey, so sometimes yeah, you have to really dumb it down for yeah. people. No, and- no, you know what? It's actually a good thing because that's why I have you here because I would just talked about twenty minutes about how I'm frustrated about the team. Yeah, I mean, we can we can go in depth about the Taylor Hall trade and how that yeah. might have backfired for them, and Tuka Rask being this amazing goaltender who kind of disappeared last year and hasn't been the same since, but. To, for simplistic terms, so Boston had a run to the finals in 2019 where they lost to the St. Louis Blues. They were heavy favorites in that series. It ended up going seven games, and one-game sample sizes in hockey and baseball are just r- ridiculously random. Like Those sports don't guarantee the best team is going to win more than, say, yeah. basketball and football. Or, yeah, basketball I mean, football. I would even argue the Bruins won 2011. They weren't the best team in that series. Um, the Canucks were. So... That's just kind of what happens, you know, you just like, you know, in football and baseball and hockey, game seven is game seven, you know, not not basketball for the most part. Usually the yeah. best team usually wins there. 
Because basketball just has longer series that, you know, yeah. the sample sizes in basketball usually have the best team advancing. Just because after yeah. seven games, you kind of know who the best team is. Hockey, you don't even know who the best teams are after like 81 games. Yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, you look at like the the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Uh, I know people don't really particularly understand know hockey that well, but they just fired their, clo- uh, their coach, Claude Julien. And now they're like, I think they they won like eight games in a row. Or something. Now they're like in the Western Conference final, or you know, not it's just only like, that. Uh, they also, I saw this crazy stat. They've now had the fifth, and it's still going right now. The fifth longest streak of consecutive minutes without trailing in the playoffs. And this is a team that one just snuck into the playoffs, but two, if you had they barely made it, if you had to pick of the sixteen playoff teams, who was the worst of the sixteen? It you would probably would have picked Montreal. And yeah. now they're in the final four. They've dominated the well. After going down three one to Toronto, they dominated but, Toronto. Yeah, ever since that point, they went down three. I mean, it's just against Toronto too. But yeah, not to bore you with hockey talk, but the Bruins have basically been chokers for a long time. They went to the finals against the Blues, choked that one away. Uh, you know, the Bruins. You know, in hockey last uh, year, last year they were the second best team in the NHL, but they happened to play in the same division as Tampa Bay. Well, and and, so, and Ass just like didn't play. He like went he like left. I, I don't even understand. I'm just dumb with Tukaras. Like I think he's a great player, but like I'm just good with him to be honest. I'm ready to move on. And with all that being said, I think that uh that's why hockey's so great because, you know, not the best teams always win, so you definitely have some good variety of teams making it and who don't make it. Yeah, and then you have weird situations like Montreal, who is now in the Final Four with Tampa Bay, who's totally overwhelming, but also... Tampa Bay basically Kawhi Leonard did that shit and they like their star yep. players sat the back end of the season. They got a terrible seed and then got to the playoffs and have just smoked everybody because they're just yeah, ridiculously you know, and, talented. And they, yeah, and, and and another thing to add, like side note, you know, like what other league could the the expansion team, the i.e. Vegas, be good the first year? Like that A league they, where and, they rig the expansion rules to make it so that they get too talented of players. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 exactly. Like they want them to be good. You know what I mean? So like so like if you look at the NBA, dude, the expansion teams would never be good for like twenty years. They, like some of these expansion teams are still not even good. You know what I mean? The Orlando Magic are the team I always point to where they've been riding the Dwight Howard wave for 20 yeah. years now where they got Dwight Howard with the first pick in 04 because the best way to turn a franchise around is to get the number one pick in a year with a generational talent. Yeah, And they got Dwight Howard in 04, traded him for Vucevic, and then they just traded Vucevic to get two top eight picks in this year's draft. So they're still technically riding the wave of one lottery ping pong ball in 2004. Yep. It's how it works, man. But yeah, as uh, I cried myself asleep, I'm ready to go and I'm ready to talk about some other sports. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, we gave them seven minutes of just deep intellectual hockey talk. So yeah. Too much uh, that, for them, probably. Too, too much for a lot of people, I'm sure. I want to talk about these things, but people just don't care about it. And that bothers me. But maybe, yeah. maybe people are different over here. Yeah, I mean, I just think people just like sports in general, but at the end of the day, like, we could talk about it, but it's got to be overwhelming basketball and football. But, I mean, I, I to be honest, like, when it's actually good basketball and good football, I can talk about that all day anyway, so it's not a really big deal. Well, speaking of good basketball, I think that's kind of where we're headed towards yep. next here because your boys down in uh, Phoenix, hashtag Rally the Valley, 
uh, they are they are smoking some people. And by the way, yeah. this is just a side note. So Cam sent me this message beforehand that he he is convinced two games into this series and one game into the Utah and Clippers series that Phoenix is going to the NBA Finals. So I'm just going to put that out there and then just step back from the microphone as Cam spits fire right now. Yeah. So so literally for the entire year, I was like, it's going to be Clippers versus Nets. But I got to tell you. Like from what I'm seeing, well, from Chris Paul and you know all these you know absolute like overachievers there. Like I'm not saying that they're bad players, but everyone's overachieving. Everyone's having career years. Like Phoenix is a good team. Like they're making the Nuggets look bad. Like I know that they don't have Jamal Murray, but like let's be honest. Like they were still good without him. Like I know that they're not the same team, but man, they are. It's almost like destiny is just meant for them to win. Chris Paul needs us too. For you want to talk about legacy, if he gets a ring, you know, he was our probably already one of the greatest, you know, uh point guards of all time, point gods of all time. He ever, he had 15 points and 15 re, uh, 15 assists and no turnovers last night. I mean, that's unbelievable. Like this is just ridiculous. And like at this point I'm like kind of rooting for him. To be honest, I'm like, you know what? At this point, like, why not? Give Chris Paul his ring. Let him be, like, an all-time great. Like, he already is, but just wait if he gets a ring. People are going to start treating him like he's, you know, John Stockton or something. Well, he doesn't have a ring either, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, for sure. But Chris Paul has weird numbers that, he, you know, he should have won an MVP, but he didn't win an MVP. And obviously everyone points to he didn't do it in the playoffs and he hasn't won an MVP. And Well, now, now he's doing the playoffs, so I don't want to hear that anymore. Well, he also did it in the past. Like the Clippers were, I mean, the Clippers were an extreme disappointment, but they were, they should have been in the finals in 2015. I still attest to that, even though they blew, they gagged a 3-1 lead against the Rockets. And then it was the end of that team as we knew it because, um, you know, DeAndre Jordan was ready to go. And then Blake Griffin got hurt the next season. It was the 2015 was the end of the, the Lob City Clippers as we knew it. And that amazing anthem that they but have. But I also feel like um, DeAndre Jordan like was really good for like two years three years like he, he he just like that that type of center like completely just went away from the NBA like he was dominant with the t- true lob city but like the fact he couldn't do anything else besides like you know just like around the rim with dunks and stuff like really limited them so like I don't know like there was a lot of mistakes that they were made but that had nothing to do with Chris Paul like Chris Paul elevated DeAndre Jordan I mean for sure yeah and this is the interesting part about Chris Paul now because Chris Paul's now what three teams removed from the Lob City Clippers which is technically four teams removed from the New Orleans Pelicans when he won that weird playoff series against Dirk and yeah I think I was like eight years old when that happened I don't even know how I still remember that but um, that's impressive actually yeah but Chris Paul has been awesome for a while and it's now he's become this weird mercenary as I talk all this time about this is the generational shift in the NBA between the old guys who have dominated the league for like six years now and the young guys who are coming for their shit whether it's Giannis and Jokic and Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell and Anthony Davis they're coming for the old guys shit and Chris Paul's just this weird mercenary at 38 years old who's just going to different teams carrying them to the playoffs being criminally underrated well well, that's why he's a true that's why he's a true like all timer because he's still like he's like a LeBron factor where like he's he, remember like three years ago people said he was done they're like he's done he's he's he sucks you know like you know whatever but it's like wait he brings these he makes every team he's on better I saw a report actually today before this um 
podcast that he wants a three-year um, $80 million deal. Like, I mean, he probably is getting that money now. It's, it's I mean, this is Al Horford syndrome, right? And this is Harrison Barnes syndrome, where yeah. they turn down the $40 million extension. But this is the good thing that Chris Paul has now. If you're Phoenix, you you, you have no choice but to give him oh, what he wants. Yeah. You have no yeah. choice, unless you're going to go trade for Damian Lillard. But Or or if they win it all, you know what I mean? Like Then, then they may not have to. But I got to tell you, man, they have to sign Chris Paul. And they're going to actually probably regret that because he, you know, father time is undefeated. It's a fact. You just got to, it's just the way it works. But, you know, he's looking like a point god for a reason. And I, I don't want to take anything away from him because he's being amazing. And like, but it is a contract year. So a lot of people don't understand, like, these guys play better in contract years anyways. So, but he was still know. awesome. He was an all-star on OKC last year, which 100%. is kind of the weird thing about. And that team was, that team was kind of boo-boo. To be honest with you, and they well, I dare they, you name the second best player on that team from last year. They were they were in a game seven against the Rockets last year. Can you name the was, second best player on that team? It was shy, right? And then you got and then all, and then you got uh, uh, Lou Dort, Dort that that goat. It might have been Dennis Schroeder, and we saw how that worked oh, out. Yeah. Like Dennis Schroeder was the third best player on the Lakers, and they got bounced in the first round. And it might have been Dennis Schroeder as the third best player. Yeah, on but those they had Bobo they, they had a teams. team thing though. They had a team thing for sure. They had that like cohesive which is rare in the nba which is the interesting thing about phoenix because you mentioned the game yesterday phoenix like just whooped ass on the denver nuggets like but here's everything here's the interesting thing about that 15 and 5 game for the phoenix suns is that the phoenix suns have a true big four now on their team so chris paul devin booker deandre ayton and michael bridges all scored over 15 points in yep. that game against the Denver Nuggets. Plus, you know, like Torrey Craig hits a shot here and there, and the Cameron Payne game is coming at some point, and obviously yeah. Jay Crowder. But in game one, they have those great same role four- players, though. They have great role players, basically, to your points. They have good facilitating. They're just, they're a good team, but go to your, go, go what you're going to say, game one. Well, in game one against the Nuggets, which they, I mean, it was a closer game, but they, they were pretty much had it all the way through. Yep. They had 20 plus points. For all four of those guys. And once again, Chris Paul in that game one ended up with, uh, I can't remember exactly what the number was, but Chris Paul in game one against the Denver Nuggets had, I want to make sure I get it right because I forgot the number from before, but he ended up having a, uh, there we go. Yeah, so ended, uh, yeah, ended up having 11 assists, 21 points, and then Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton and Michael Bridges all had 20 plus points in that game. I mean, it's unbelievable. You know what I mean? Like, and then you look at like Bridges, like that dude is, is good. Like really good. Like it's funny too, because I think people don't understand like how important it is to have these young players on like rookie contracts. And that's how you really get good. You know, like that's an NFL problem where like, if you can get like a rookie quarterback on their, you know, their, 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 you know, their rookie contracts, you're good, and then once you start signing them, generally they're not good anymore. I mean, not the player, but the teams aren't able to get the good players around them. You see it with, you know, Seattle. Uh, the Ravens had a little bit of an issue there. It's always a problem, but that's where you're going to maximize those four years. In the NBA, it's the same way. If you can get a good player that's like in a lottery, and you're going to, like, Luka Doncic makes like, what, like $8 million a year? Like, yeah. They kind of wasted that, to be honest, too, because now they're, you know, he's just, He's, gonna he's got get one his, more year left of it, and they're going to give like Hardaway $100 million, which is just infinitely frustrating <laughs> when I look yeah. at how terrible that team has been. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're going to give Luka whatever the hell he wants. That guy's going to run the league soon. But the thing is that they kind of wasted that window because now they have to pay him whatever whatever he wants. He's, he's you know, the, it's, a, it's a player-run league for sure. So, well, I'm glad you, know, you brought this up because I, I heard a great point about this. And this is not mine. This is from Bomani Jones. But basically, because these guys are coming in at like 18, 19 now instead of like, you know, Shaq came yeah, in yeah. at 21, Tim Duncan 22. It's because of those the four guys years... Are, Exactly. Those guys are maturing at that age, but they're not quite at that level when they first come in the league, when they're super cheap. It's like De'Aaron Fox hits his stride and finally becomes the star, and it's time to give him a huge contract. Um, The Celtics really were the team that kind of avoided this because Jason Tatum was such an impact player as a rookie, but now obviously Jason Tatum makes $37 million a year. And not that it's a bad thing. It's just it's an easy way to get an edge over your competition. And the Definitely. Suns are that team that's taken advantage of it. Aiton makes $9 million this season. Uh, Michael Bridges oh, yeah. makes $4 million this season. Well, and he's also, got two more years on a rookie deal. Yeah. Also, to add that, add to that, too, like you look at these guys, like, and also them coming in earlier is kind of interesting because they can get like two or three max contracts. You know what I mean? Like, if they're good enough. You know, or Jason in the case Tatum, of Chris Paul, Chris Paul's on like his fifth max contract. Yeah, I mean now. he's he's obviously like a unicorn in that sense. But like these, all these guys are going to be the the career earnings for these NBA players are going to be absolutely bonkers soon. I mean, like like before it was like you know I think of like Kevin Garnett. I I think he might be the most earned NBA player like through salary. Yeah, because Kevin Garnett, Kevin Garnett had a weird thing because he signed right after the A Rod contract. He got like half of what A Rod got, but it was still like. A hundred and thirty million dollars. Yeah, on I think a he made like three hundred million or something like that. But like every NBA player is making three hundred million dollars. It's absolutely insane. It really is. It's a, what a booming sport. The fact that Jokic won too, the MVP means a lot for the sport. Like it really is a global game now. Like the past three M- MVPs have been uh, European players. Or at the very least, we're willing to admit that it's a global game now. Because back when uh, Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki were winning MVPs, everyone just kind of crapped on them like they weren't actually that good and that it was kind of a nerdy MVP award. But, man, Dirk Dirk Nowitzki was number one in win shares in 05, 06, and 07. They went to the finals in 09 by going on the road and beating Tim Duncan in a game seven with, I think, Michael Finley was like his best teammate that year. Um, And then in obviously 2011, he ends up being this guy who stands for the old guard and prevents the new kids, LeBron and... Well, Dwayne Wade was kind of old at that point, but he, he stops the new kids from taking over the league, whether it's Kevin Durant or yeah. if it's uh, LeBron James. He beat both of them and wins the title, which is kind of where Brooklyn is right now. It's just one team of all old heads trying to stop all the young people from winning. And they're going to be doing and they're going to be doing that. So, yeah. Yeah, but still, I mean, it's three of them and Dirk Nowitzki. Obviously, people point to Dirk Nowitzki as like, see, you can win championships without having superstars. It's like, uh, well, Dirk Nowitzki was ridiculous. Like, Yeah, but well, that was also like one of those like, you know, like outliers type of situations. It's basically like the Miami Heat of last year. The Miami Heat were not good and they made it to the NBA Finals because of the bubble, like whatever, they they, they made it. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, because they, they beat the team that was, they beat the only elite team in the Eastern Conference, which was yeah. the, the Milwaukee Bucks. If it had been Boston instead of Miami, we'd be saying the same thing about Boston yeah, right now. Like they, the bubble team, you know, got a fluke. Uh, it's just because Miami, sure. Mil- or sorry, not Miami, Milwaukee was the only good team in the Eastern Conference that year and they... 
they fell to the Miami Heat. Now, you and I both think they would have come back and win that series had Giannis not gotten hurt, but maybe we're yeah. also just disillusioned on that. But well, you're right. Well, yeah, and, Miami and, was and like maybe, a second round team. And if they weren't in the bubble, like, it, it just... The bubble helped a lot, and like, like we're gonna, you know, I, I can get into this all day. They don't take championships off the board. You know what I mean? You still made it to the NBA Finals. You, you could still put that in your Raptors, whatever. You know, you know what I mean? You could, you could add that to your argument. But at the end of the day, is like, don't be disillusioned to admit that the fact that that is actually what happened. But I can. The only thing I can tell you from the bubble that was real was the Phoenix Suns. because that basically showed us like how legit they are. They just put it together in the bubble, then out of nowhere, like. They're like the were they coming number two in the West or is it oh no the the Jazz are number one I think the yeah, Suns were Jazz number two. one they're two Denver's three Clippers the are Phoenix four. Suns the Phoenix Suns they were bums forever so like it's kind of nice to see to be honest so I'm happy well, you can about take that it one step further they just knocked out the bleeping Lakers <laughs> I know and like and like relatively easily too I know they were injured all that whatever yeah, without I mean, like, without Anthony Davis like whatever the Lakers but, were really but, good. But it still bothers me though, because it's like people will always go, "Oh, there's injury." Yeah, well, every year someone wins, there's an injury. You got literally half the battle of winning a championship is staying healthy. So if you look at any other team that wins a championship, like nine times out of ten, every player on their team gets is is healthy, and everyone else gets injured. You look at like you know the Raptors was the number one thing. They literally had to go through like the Warriors literally had to have every one of their players get injured for them to win. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or at the very least, Kevin Durant tore his Achilles, and then by game if six, Clay, they still if, yeah, almost Clay lost. Yeah, Clay Thompson doesn't get injured, they win that series. I literally thought they were going to win that game. They were going to, They still to, almost actually. did. Like, it came down to a Steph Curry three with five seconds left that didn't go in, and they would have had a game seven that Draymond may or may not have been suspended for. <laughs> yeah, so you, you know what I mean? Crazy. So, like... But they don't take they don't take they don't take them off the off the wall off the wall. You know what I mean? Well, you of course, because it's the results. We just acknowledge yeah. that they're things that happened. Unfortunately, yeah. people like to acknowledge it in the wrong ways, which is like, see, look at this guy who won a championship with all these stars. I'm like, what? Who else hasn't won a championship? Who has won a championship without stars? Well, Dirk Nowitzki, 2011. Yeah, because Dirk Nowitzki was cold as hell. <laughs> yeah, that that might have been the best single performance in NBA history in that run. So like. So like it, it's just a really bad argument because like if you if you let's put it this way the reason why you think that is because you're just trying to you're trying to that this is the problem with social media today with any type of argument they try to pick and choose whatever whatever stats that they want to prove whatever point it is it's like politics you can literally talk about one thing that's like a fact like LeBron James is this literally two people can tell you what he just did was good or bad and it's like wait it's, we're talking about the same thing how can we disagree on this. It's well, just bi- it, that's how sports reflect society is that we don't agree on any sort of facts on yeah. any of these industries. And we also do it to play. I mean, we don't specifically, but all the time players like Chris Paul and Paul George, they get kind of crapped on because they end up, you know, every time it's something good, it's, you know, playoff P sarcasm. He's like, well, let's see him do it in the NBA finals. Same thing with Chris Paul when he has 15 and 15. Let's see him do it in the NBA finals. Then when Chris Paul and yeah, Paul remember, George come short, we can laugh at them. Yeah. Remember beginning the season when it was like Steph Curry's legacy's on the line? Like, shut up, dude. I, I'm already seeing, I'm already seeing Giannis's legacies on the line if they lose this game. Like, dude, shut up. But it's also Please. not learning from your mistakes because we did the same thing to LeBron in 2011. I saw a headline the other day that was fantastic. It was from 1989 that said, Michael Jordan legacy on the line with Game 7 versus Detroit Pistons. And it was it was just laugh out loud. I'm like, well, obviously it's not 
because this it, it's so early in the career there's still a decade of Giannis memories left to be made and no one year it's a it's a it's a brutal lack of perspective to not have the the recognition that like there's a lot of years and a lot of yeah, memories that are going to come back to what do they call it when basically like oh it's like a, it's, it's my favorite saying basically when you know you forget what happens in the past but all your members in the playoffs oh they call it something some some sort of ism basically yeah. like oh man it's uh i'll remember it out of nowhere but basically like you know oh Oh, but like, like this guy's the best player in the NBA. This guy sucks. Oh, well, because you only remember him being in the playoffs. It's just, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's just a bias and recent. I know recency effect. Yeah. That's one thing. Yeah. No, no, no. Recency bias. Thank you. Yeah. And that, you know, it's placated James Harden for a while. And, yeah. you know, may, maybe we'll remember, or maybe we won't remember that James Harden was hurt for this playoff series. Who knows? Most people are going to end up forgetting it. Like people forget. I mean, no, go ahead, everything. Go ahead, well, I just meant people forget, like, you know, Michael Jordan played for the Wizards, and people forget that, you know, Chris Bosch's career ended right after the big three heat came in, but, you know, he could have, he could still be playing right now and making a huge contribution if oh, he yeah, doesn't have he blood had, clots. Like, a, yeah, 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 the blood clots. Yeah, like, like we, oh, yeah, we, well, we're going to forget Brady being on the Bucks. Oh yeah, he won that one. That one maybe not. That one. May, that one maybe not. <laughs> oh, that one. Wait. That one maybe not. He won not. a championship. Oh, the Patriots. Oh, you let him go. All right, I'm a little salty about that, guys. I'll never let it go. He should be on the Patriots. But well, I actually, digress. let me let me go to this point. Actually, let's let's stay on this for just a half second. When Brady comes back, and this is also just to mess with our buddy Walter Mitchell from the podcast, from Take It Easy podcast, a little bit. Oh, but nice. like, it's it's going to be a warm welcome for Brady, right? Like, there's no way it's. There's no way it's not going to be like an outpouring of joy and gratitude. Like yeah, they, yeah. Boston fans don't have that much of a lack of perspective. No, no. I mean, at end of the day, like I think that. Well, I mean, there. Well, so in in perspective, I I got a guy who I talked to. Um, he's basically like in ticket sales in Boston, and he's he's my age, but he's you know he's he's around a lot of people, and they told him that this is the biggest game in Boston sports history. Like, there's never been a more more coveted ticket sale. So. Like, yeah, people want to see Brady, and they're gonna cheer him. They better cheer him, and then they boo him later on. Like, I, it's just the way it works. But at the end of the day, like, he did win you six championships. You know what I mean? Like, not all by himself, but he was still awesome. He's the goat. So yeah, yeah well, I'm sure they're gonna boo him. Just there's gonna be some idiots, but ninety percent of people that I know are like still Tom Brady fans. Like, I don't even know. I now I think about it, like it's it's actually like the most polar I've ever seen the the town be it's usually like you know half Belichick half Brady when he was here it's like 95% Brady and no Belichick like I think I think people realize with him winning the against the box he's I mean I'm sorry on the box he wasn't it isn't like uh, a system guy anymore people actually I think locally still still bought into that it's not really as much as people want to say in the past yeah, and even myself, it's like you can get bogged down in some of that stuff because I point to like, well, no one wins a championship without X, Y, and Z, and that's kind of the beauty of the Patriots because during, think about it, they went 10 years during Brady's prime without winning a championship. It was when yeah. Brady was not good that they won a bunch of championships. Then he hit his like hall, of, like nine years of Hall of Fame numbers. Yeah, they had the perfect season in there, but you know, obviously didn't win a championship in there. They won a lot because they never didn't win. Yeah, good Brady no, but, or not good no, Brady. No, but to your point, that was the best Brady you've ever seen, and he still didn't win. So it's not always it's just it's just about execution. And you know, like it, 
the Patriots could be, you know, 0 and 8 or whatever in the Super Bowl or 8 and 0 or, you know, it's just the, it's just how it works. Yeah. And and also people forget like the weirdest seasons like losing to Peyton Manning in Denver or losing to Jake Plummer when Tom Brady won an MVP and like weird things yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So like so like you know it's a, so you want to play that game too like I I totally I I'm happy you brought that up because you know like it could have gone either way against you know the Packers when they played uh, w- with the Buccaneers. Like those are going to be forgotten. People are just going to forget that because it's just it's just the way it works. You don't remember the, the games leading up to it. Like, do you remember when the when the Seahawks made it to the Super Bowl against the Patriots? They like I think Russell Wilson had like zero thro- like like throwing yards in like for like the first half, and then he, yeah, had, he threw he, four interceptions in that game. Yeah, yeah. So like you know like no one's ever gonna forget that. I mean, I'm sorry, sorry. No one's ever gonna remember that. Like that they don't they remember, remember the four. Is, well, that game, that game is a little more legendary. I still remember it because it was like Aaron yeah, Rodgers. You're also was, like a you're also like a sports guy, but I'm just saying more like the yeah. casual fan is not gonna remember that type of stuff. All they remember is the end product, who won and who lost. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's the easiest thing to go back to and and recall, and that's why like yeah. people might remember. Oh yeah, the guy uh, who fumbled the foot fumbled the kickoff for the Green Bay Packers, and then recovered by the Seahawks, and then they get a oh, yeah. Russell Wilson throws a forty yard completion on a two point conversion because he throws it to the exact opposite side of the field, and then they go to overtime and win. And the Packers, you know, it's it's probably one of the worst losses on Aaron Rodgers' resume, and it's nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers' fault, but. If, yeah. you, if you want to point to why he's ready to leave, that's part of it. But um, to the other point you were going to say, this is what we do with Chris Paul all the time. Remember that Rockets season where they were up 3-2? And I literally said after game oh, five, I'll, yeah, I'll never forget after game five, I'm like, oh, the Rockets are better than the Warriors. Like, they, they, they're just a they better are. team. They were. They were, for sure. And then Chris Paul gets injured. Like, I questioned a lot. I questioned Chris Paul at that time. Like, how do you not play? But he must have been really injured. Yeah, he had... Um, What's it called? I think it was I think it was his quad or his hamstring. I couldn't remember what it was, but yeah, they wouldn't they wouldn't clear him to play those games and that's, you know, it's now part of the Chris Paul legacy, but unfairly because we don't we don't point to, you know, Kyrie Irving getting hurt in 2015 and saying that's a stain on Kyrie Irving because of what you did to LeBron. We do it to Chris Paul because people like to crap on Chris Paul and they it's all kick, about the narrative based targets. stuff when when you start when you start getting to the at the conversation of one of the best or whatever everyone has to throw in their wrench why they say you're not so Chris Paul is definitely going to fall into that category but at the end of the day like Chris Paul is a point god for for yeah. a reason that guy's insane all all of it is a little lack of perspective that's kind of the, the big problem you mentioned it with Giannis too and obviously game three is tonight and uh the, the boys over in Vegas right now are just going heavy, heavy bucks right now. So it's like 88% of money line bets are on Brooklyn, 84% last time I checked on the, the against the spread were on Brooklyn. Like they're just betting Milwaukee's going to kick Brooklyn's ass tonight. I mean, they, I mean, let's put it this way. Like, and this is not even like a Giannis thing. I just think that if they beat the Bucks tonight, and they go down. They go down three zero. The bucket. The um. The Bucks. The first thing I thought is how the hell did the Celtics win one game? I know Jason Tatum had fifty points, but does that show how good Jason Tatum is? Like I'm going to be honest. Like that kind of blows me away. The Jason, the Bucks are so much better than the Celtics. Did they just like let off the pedal? They put off the pedal a little bit in that game, or like or what? Like I got to be honest. Like that's the first thing I thought about. 
So this is where I've pointed to with the Bucks across the last couple of days. Because, I, I mean, we kind of eulogized them on Tuesday on the Take It Easy podcast, which is, you know, kind of messed up because the series isn't over yet. But I was I looking mean, at it like... They look pretty terrible. And the thing I... Yeah, they do. But that's, the, that's where I was going with that. So they shot... Before, like, a Bryn Forbes banked three-pointer at the end of game one, they were 17% from the three-point line, and they were 27% from the three-point line in game two, but shot under 40% as a team and still scored, like, 80-something points, which is pretty remarkable given how poorly they played as a team. And even if they progress to the mean and they, like, shoot where they're supposed to shoot or at least shoot back to the average— now you have to win four out of five games against a team in Brooklyn where I look at like, oh, Giannis is awesome, but they've got their own Giannis on the other side because Kevin have, Durant can just they have get three you a of them. bucket. They have three of them if they need it, like legitimately. So I don't. So the the reason why James yes, Harden is not course, playing, they they have they have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Blake Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and James Harden just sitting there cool and like the reason why he's not playing from what from what the social media is saying is that he would play if it was like a do or die, but they're just letting him rest. So you're literally telling me that potentially the best player, which he's not, I think Kevin Durant's the best player in the NBA, but just just work with me here. Best player sitting on the bench, just you know, waiting for his opportunity to play. Like that's unbelievable. They're a super team like I've ever seen one. And their offense is just so much fun because around oh, yeah, what insane. they've done already. There's a Landry Shamet. There's a white boy Joe Harris. There's this and Joe dude, Harris this dude. would be the best shooter in the NBA. He literally might be the best shooter in the NBA right now. It's unbelievable. He's ridiculously good, and I never realized it until now because I wasn't watching much Brooklyn basketball apart yeah. from that magical 2019 team that everyone loves now on the internet because they danced all the time and Jared Dudley fought Ben Simmons. That was also like the legendary Jared Dudley moment, though. Like it was his claim to fame, legitimately. Yeah, and then it was his claim to fame, but also he became an internet legend for the rest of his life because he looks like uh, he old, looks like the old guy at the YMCA or something, right? Old guy at the YMCA. He looks like uh, the guy uh, Elmer Fudd from Looney oh, yeah. Tunes. He looks <laughs> he looks like the one teacher at school that's cool with all the bad kids. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. yeah Jared he, Dudley he, became an internet legend after that. Yeah, he's literally an internet meme. I mean, listen, like you you, you got to make your bones somewhere. But, um, you know, actually with the internet legends and everything, I, I want to ask your opinion on this. What were your thoughts on Space Jam 2? I know you haven't seen it. Like, have you seen any of the uh, uh, commercials or anything? Or Not commercials, sorry. I, I uh, have indeed watched the trailers. Yes, I okay. have. So, like, what are your thoughts on it? Because, like, I'm not one of these people who's like, I'm not going to see it just because I love Space Jam, the original. Like, it's my, one of my favorite movies, like, growing up. But, like, yeah, this I'm one looks, on lo- looks ridiculous. It looks unbelievable. What do you think? It looks like 21st century technology. So did you ever grow up watching the the Bad Boys movies with uh, yeah. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I actually paid a theater ticket back right before the pandemic. This is probably January of 2020. I paid a theater ticket to go watch Bad Boys for Life when it came out. And I don't do that <laughs> very often. I don't buy I don't go to theaters that often. Nonetheless, a theater by myself. And I just really wanted to see this movie. I really wanted to see it. And it was, I mean, the, 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 the plot for all of it is generally the same, but it was like 21st century bravada. Like they just had like CGI $300 million budget and they put it to use. Like there, (laughs) it was just explosions everywhere. It was like part NCIS, part buddy cop movie. It was basically uh, fast and furious, just times 
like on, like that. Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, they had a, they had a scene where Will Smith legit got shot on Ocean Drive while a guy was on a motorcycle driving by, and it like went. Uh, they had a giant ass penthouse on South Beach. Like it was just all over the top because it's this gigantic budget film with twenty with twenty twenty technology compared to no CGI. Do all your own stunts. Do all your own explosions in 96 and i think 2003 was the second bad boys movie i say this all to bring it back to space jam is like it's still space jam it's just with ridiculously large budgets and ridiculously large cgi and so of course it's not going to look like the 1996 movie it's not supposed to yeah, yeah, that's the problem I'm having with it. Why can't you just enjoy it? Like, why do you need to, like, compare it? Like, I try, I mean, I get it. It's Space Jam. It is, it is also, like, kind of annoying on LeBron's part to do Space Jam 2. You know what I mean? Like, could have done something else. But end of the day, it's like, you're not going to watch it just because of LeBron. Like, like, I saw Uncle Drew. I don't really like Kyrie Irving. We all know that. And that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah, I was about to say, I didn't watch it only because it just looked like it was a lot of just bad jokes and Tiffany Haddish trying to... Horrible. Yeah, I I didn't end up watching it, and I I have not heard much since It was kind of funny in some parts, but, like, good Lord, it was bad. But, like, this one should be a lot better because it has, like, legit acting, real people in it. Like, I don't know. I I, I have a really good feeling about it. Like, I think it's going to be awesome. But, like... People just need to like stop doing the whole comparison thing. Why can't you, one? Both of them can be true. The first one was was like an like an unbelievable classic. We all know that. But the second one with LeBron in it, it's just different. It's just well, doesn't different. This, now. Doesn't this just seem like a byproduct of the MJ LeBron debate over again? Is that MJ That's people the whole point. don't want to have to undo it? It's just it's a dichotomy of that debate over again because again, it's literally MJ's movie. LeBron's movie and well, people well, again point to the basketball. That's why I kind of think. It. That's why I kind of think LeBron sometimes lacks a self awareness because I think that, or he doesn't care, which is well. Also, he wants it, but he wants all yeah. the smoke. LeBron wants to be. That's why one of the things. I mean, I don't want to do the MJ LeBron debate, but one yeah. of the things I point to with LeBron is that he changed his tone after. 20, after the after 2016, when it was kind of clear he wasn't going to win another championship, he changed the tone to like that championship in Cleveland was worth like double. Like it was worth a legacy definer and it's, it's fine. It's semantics. I'll let other people on the internet make the debates, but I'm just fascinated why this one thing captivates people so much. And then space jam is just an extension of that. But to the point of the movie, I mean, I feel like I have to watch it no matter what. It's just whether or not I'm willing to pay. Yeah, we have to. I mean, like it's part of the sports thing, but like, I think it's going to be fine. Like, yeah. I, I bet you it's I bet you it's probably gonna be better. I mean, honestly, like you look at like if you're gonna compare apples to apples, like with all the budget, it should be better, right? <laughs> In it's, theory. I mean, a lot of it is theoretically a nostalgia tour, but also Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Eh, at the same time, like Looney Tunes aren't really popular anymore. Like they're not yeah. really making Looney Tunes anymore. It's just a, a lot of it is for the nostalgia of it. And, Definitely. you know, it's part of the legacy thing and whatever you want to call it. I heard MJ's going to be in it, which, you know, that's nostalgia. Just MJ being having a cameo in Space Jam is just nostalgia in and of itself. And yeah, I, I'm, yeah, yeah. It's fine. the only reason I brought it up is because like I have so many people that just like, I mean, if you're just a certified LeBron hater, like, I get it. But you're not going to watch it, but, like, it's going to be fine. I, the only reason I brought it up, I just wanted um, – excuse me. I just wanted to hear what your thoughts were on it because it's just, it's just kind of an interesting debate, I think. It's, actually, it's not very interesting. I just wanted to hear what your thoughts on it because it can be interesting because you have good good 
commentary because some people have the worst commentary on this. It's interesting. It's interesting from like a 12th floor vantage point. Like I'm watching other people argue about this and I exactly like I I, you're the same way I can tell. I genuinely don't care. Like I I just want to watch Space Jam because I grew up watching it and it's LeBron James in a movie. I'll watch LeBron James act in LeBron James movies just because I'm a sports nerd. I'll watch any, yes. well, not any, not any sports person act, no. but I will watch no, most no, no, sports people you. act. It's, you will watch any movie with the best player in the NBA or like maybe like the best player of our generation in it. Like I'm sure you would watch. Uh, yeah. I, I'm the same exact way. Like it's just, I'm going to watch that movie, especially when it's hyped up the way it was. Like, I'm sorry. I just am yeah. going to see it and, and I'm sure I I'm going to love it. I purposely went out of my way to watch John Wick after hearing that Bobon <laughs> was going to have a scene in it. Like I, Oh yeah, me too. Me too. But he actually kind of crushed it. I love Bobon. Yeah. That was kind of cool just cause he's, you know, he's Bobon and everyone loves him. But yeah, I mean, uh, that was another, oh God, what was the movie? There was a movie with, um, What's his? What's the guy? Um, this is with Olivia Munn and uh, it's it. It's not Jason Statham. It's uh, God, I forgot oh, his he's, name. He's dating. Hold on, I'll look it up. No, it's not Jason Sudeikis. Um, Jason Sudeikis is Ted Lasso. Um, Who's dating Olivia Munn? Is that the question? No, it wasn't. No, the movie has Olivia. Oh, Jason Bateman. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, Jason oh, Bateman. I, oh, he's my and guy. Olivia. Yeah, so I forgot what the movie, I think it was the, was it the Office Christmas Party movie? It was either that or Game Night or something like that. But anyways, I was watching that movie and Jimmy Butler pulled up in it. I was like, oh shit, that's Jimmy Butler. Oh, yeah, hell the, yeah. Yeah, the uh, Office Christmas Party in 2016. Yeah, that was that movie. Okay, sick. Yeah, but I remember Jimmy Butler, and this is like Bulls Jimmy Butler. Like, this is Jimmy Butler, like, just like wetting kind, his Kind feet. of a nobody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, not a nobody, but you know what I mean. Like, he was definitely not by any means means the same guy actually pretty funny speaking of this i used to love sons of anarchy i don't know if you've ever seen it i have Um, not seen it okay but it's yeah so this is you're gonna love this so it's like a i don't remember exactly what happened in in the show but there was basically like a back and forth where they were like gonna torture this guy to get like information out of him he's like i'm not gonna speak on it so they're like oh we're gonna cut out your tongue whatever the guy that walks (laughs) up giving him the syringe or the like the like the uh, utensil is going to cause his tongue is Carmelo Anthony. I'm like, what? Carmelo <laughs> Anthony is in Sons of Anarchy. I'm like, are you kidding me? And he literally is just like, here you go, sir. And I'm just like, I looked it up. He's like, Carmelo was like, I'm just a huge Sons of Anarchy fan. So that's why I like, I was, and I like ran out of the room when I'm watching it. Like, do you guys see this? Carmelo Anthony is in Sons of America. Like, who's Carmelo Anthony? I'm like, oh my god, this is like my fam, my, my my parents. Even though my dad knows, my mom was always like, oh, I have no idea. I'm like, you didn't know it's the overly tall guy in the show. She's like, no. I'm like, wow. Was All this right. New York Knicks Carmelo Anthony? Was this at uh, that yeah. point, or was this still Denver Nuggets Carmelo? No, no, no. It was later. He had he had, he just cut his hair, so he had short. He had like the yeah. He had the shorter hair. Okay. So, then, so, so yeah, yeah this is New York Knicks mellow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, actually, that was what I think it was like just right around the time when he was like really good too. So that's interesting. But so um, so that and, year that the Knicks went to like the second round of yes. the playoffs and they dropped confetti because they beat the 76ers in game one of the first round. Yeah, yeah, that was a tough look. That's tough, tough look for sure. Yeah, I know it was sponsored, but still, it's just it's funny. <laughs> it's that that those are moments you associate with the last decade of Knicks basketball. It's dropping confetti after winning the first game of round one of the playoffs and. uh 
you know, Spike Lee. chanting Spike Lee <laughs> and chanting Bobby Portis's name and MVP. Uh, I think that was only two years ago that they were chanting MVP for Bobby Portis at the Garden. Um, yeah, but he, in, in fairness, I think he did have a pretty good game. It was probably the last good game he had in, I don't know, they had since the Julius Randle run. Where do, do you know where Bobby Portis is now? Yeah. Where <laughs> Where Mil- is he? Mil- oh, Milwaukee. Oh, he's a buck? Yeah, you didn't know that? He gets oh, pretty shit. good minutes. I forgot about that. No, that's right. He does play for the Bucks. God, that's right. They've just they've got a rotating panel of guys in there. By the way, speaking of yeah. the Bucks, um, I saw this tweet from Adam Lefko that was talking about, you know what the Bucks need right now is Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, and, yeah, uh, I, th- I think he would have been good there. Oh, wait, what happened with that? Oh, they didn't actually go through with the trade, which I'm not sure how it didn't happen. To be honest, with you. Did well, because they cut, they opened their they no they opened their fat mouth and got tampering charges because they announced like so they had the deal done, but it was like before the the free agency opened. It was like four days before free agency opened, and they're like, we have a deal and extension with Bogdanovich, and the NBA was like, hold up, how are you able to negotiate a contract extension before? And then Bogdanovich said. No, we just did the trade and we hadn't negotiated an extension. They were like, but you're a free agent. So why would they trade for you if you're a free agent in four days? And they were like, uh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they got busted for tampering. And what makes it even worse now is that. Wait, the so, main so, hold pe- on. So, sorry. So they got busted for tampering and then the league was like, you can't do the deal or like, or they just, they just like. The league was going now? to, the league was going to bust them because it was very easy to prove that they tampered. So Bogdanovich just went back and said, look, just forget it. I'm going to go do, I'm going to go to free agency because the tampering thing would have taken weeks to figure out. Yeah. And he's like, look, I got it. I got to secure the bag while I got the chance. So he got that, that 72 million, which is even funnier because the was Hawks. more had, money? Was that more money than he was going to get from the box? I can't remember. It was the, it was the exact same contract, okay. basically. But what's even funnier is that the Hawks offered Sacramento a first-round pick in sign-and-trade compensation, and Sacramento just said, nah, you can have them. <laughs> Why? They, I don't know. It, it seems like a mistake in hindsight, but basically they passed on taking the trade because they would have had to take on contracts to match the deal, and it would have been I mean, less money too. It would have been like eleven million dollars, but the Hawks were willing to throw in a first round pick, and the Kings just renounced his rights and made him an unrestricted free agent. It was so the Hawks said thank you. Well, not only that, now he's the second best player on a team that's tied one one with the Seventy Sixers. And imagine and he's awesome. He's awesome. Imagine if he was on the Bucks for real. Like, they, like imagine like if he was be- the fourth best player on the Bucks, and that trade the the core pieces were a first round pick. And DJ Wilson, who they then traded for PJ Tucker at the deadline, DJ Wilson and that first round pick, and Dante DiVincenzo, who now has a torn Achilles and is out for the playoffs. So they could have had Bogdanovich for nothing that is still contributing to them. Yeah, on the so roster. basically Bogdanovich would be getting the Brandon Forbes minutes and actually knocking down those buckets. It's, he'd probably be P.J. Tucker, just P.J. Tucker scored seven points in game two, I think, and hit like yeah. one three-pointer. So, yeah, it's uh, it's not, not going great for Milwaukee or Sacramento, but Sacramento, no. we're used to that. All right, so let's let's do the last couple minutes. I, I think we got like 15 minutes or whatever. I mean, we could talk as long as we want until people start not wanting to listen to us anymore, but we got to talk with the <laughs> UFC. We got to talk with they, the UFC. I think they stopped around New York Islanders. When I said yeah, New York Islanders, yeah. I think they stopped. 
Yeah, good point. I, I I don't blame him to be honest. But so you're not a UFC guy. I'm a huge UFC guy. There's a huge fight this weekend. It's a, a it's a double a double title fight, and Nate Diaz is fighting. So I just want to get my thoughts on that really quick, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Like I I am happy to be here, and uh, I will I will contribute what I can with the UFC because at the very least I know who Nate Diaz is, and yeah. I know he fought McGregor, and I know he I mean, was he's supposed a draw. to fight Masvidal, and yep. Yep, he's a draw. So, so Israel Adesanya is the uh, middleweight champion of the world, and he's fighting Marvin Vittori. Um, I, I, to be honest, I don't really know how to say his name. I think it's it's Vittori, but he's like, he's Italian, so it might be like a you know they say it in Italian. Marvin Vittori. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, legitimately that. So, so maybe every time I say his name, I'm gonna cue you to do it. But they already <laughs> fought, and he, and Israel beat him. But it was like a really close fight, so it's going to be a really interesting one because Israel just lost. Uh, he fought for the lightweight heavy title, the light light, light heavyweight title of the world against um, oh, what's his name? Um, uh, I was Vittori. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, thought that was my cue real quick there. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, so he fought him. He he basically he lost uh, the light heavyweight tight heavyweight. His, his, he's from like Poland. I forget. I always forget his name. Uh, John ba- Baholvish. He he beat him. Uh, John beat uh, Israel. So he, now he's back down. I think that was actually the first loss of his career. Now I think about it. So that's a really big fight. I'm really interested in that. And then we got the uh, co-main event, which is a really good fight. It's. Um, <laughs> completely gonna about to butcher this guy's name, but he is the fly flyweight heavy flyweight champion of the world, and his name is uh Divison Federigo. Basically, he's from Brazil. <laughs> it so is he's not Federigo. I can tell you, yeah, it's definitely it's, not Federigo. Divison Figueiredo. No, that's not yeah, right either. Figueiredo. Figueiredo. Yeah, he he's a, he's amazing, but I'm never gonna get his name right. And then Brandon Moreno, Moreno, Moreno. They're both really good. So the the guy Figueiredo, whatever. I'm not gonna say his name anymore. The the champion of the world. He's amazing, and I'm really interested to see what happens there. I'm actually pretty sure these guys might have fought in the past. Uh, could be wrong though, but. As I digress, the Leon Edwards Nate Diaz fight is going to be amazing. So Nate Diaz is like one of the biggest draws in sports. I mean, in uh, the UFC, like for sure, like people. Yeah, all, he used, knows used him. to be a champion. Now he's older, but you know he, he was just the, fights everyone. He was the first person to. I th- did he beat McGregor? I think he was yeah. the first person to beat McGregor, and that's kind of where his fame began. And then he was like, well, yeah, I mean, so so McGregor lost before, but he basically beat him like when he was like at his height. And he, then, he knocked out McGregor at the time where like McGregor and Ronda Rousey were like putting the UFC on the actually, map. actually, it was literally that same fight where L- Ronda Rousey got knocked out by Holly Holmes, and then uh, Conor Mc- Conor McGregor got knocked out by Nate Diaz. Yeah, I remember a, that because I remember. Yeah, I remember everyone saying after like this is the worst thing that could have possibly happened to the UFC because those are their two main attractions and both of them lost. And now the UFC's gone mainstream and they've you know they have Definitely a legitimate not, yeah. fan base now. But yeah. at the time, those I mean, were at the that people time, that, were that was that was a map. big fight. That was a big fight, man. That was a big fight, and they they lost both of them. But um, the so the the reason why I want to talk about the UFC. So Nate Diaz is plus four hundred, um, four to one to win that fight because Leon Edwards is really good. Leon Edwards is probably going to body him, to be honest, because Leon Edwards is a great fighter. But I would definitely take 
four to one on Nate Diaz because Nate Diaz doesn't get knocked out. I've never seen him really get knocked out before, even knocked down. He's just an absolute punching bag. He's literally a walking punching bag. The guy can get punched in the face, just keeps walking. He's like a zombie. So, if I'm being honest with you, that's I would lay my money there. I mean, if you're gonna bet on anything on this this weekend, it's got to be that. And that's the third main. That's the third main event. Then there's one before that that's pretty good too. And you know, it just I I've actually been a big UFC fan for a long time. I mean, to be honest, like I watch it avidly. But I'm kind of a casual fan. Like I don't know it like like the NBA. You know what I mean? I don't know like every single fighter. But yeah, you, I you do can like talk it about all. it, but it's but yeah. not like at an X's and O's standpoint. Which yeah, obviously definitely. there aren't X's and O's in, in UFC, but you can't talk yeah. about it from like a fighter standpoint, or at least no. it's not your expertise. Yeah, like I can a little bit because I used to box and do MMA when I was younger, but but to your point, yes, like I have like an idea of like jujitsu and Muay Thai, but like like you said, like I just tr- I just purely like watching it. So like you know I I, I rely on a, a lot of the experts. Like oh he got him there or oh you know uh, that's a good submission. Like I know what he's doing kind of. But at the end of the day, like I I trained like ten years ago, so I'm not like super into it. I actually wanted to get back in jujitsu at some point, but it's more of just a uh, just a workout. But I digress. So the point I'm trying to get at is I think that Nate Diaz is a good bet. And uh, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully it cashes because I'm definitely betting them four to one. Yeah, parlay it with the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. Let's, let's double, <laughs> yeah. double that shit up and see if you can cash you out do, beforehand. You could do the DSD better than that. Now that you're saying that, I might even do like a like a like a Nate Diaz and like a Adesanya um, parlay or something because. I just don't, I mean, Adesanya is like legitimately like one of the biggest draws in the UFC now. Like he's probably like outside of like uh, John Jones, you know, John Jones is really doesn't even fight anymore, but like, like yeah. a, as a fan favorite, he, Israel is like up there, man. Like if he wins this one, like he's going to start becoming like one of the goats. Cause he's like, I don't know, he's defended like four in a row now, or, you know, it's like one of those things. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it, it is a big one for him and cause he just lost a light heavyweight. So hopefully it doesn't turn to a losing streak, but end of the day, like he had to put on a lot of weight to get up to that, that weight class. And Jan is like just an absolute savage. He's got Polish power. That's like literally his like nickname. I think it's a Polish hammer actually. And he just knocks people out. He's an absolute slugger. And it was just kind of a boring fight, but Israel usually has pretty interesting ones, so this should be pretty good. Is he the is he the defending champion right now, or is it an unvacated belt right now? Uh it's uh he's the returning champ. Wait, say it again. I'm sorry. So is Israel the defending champion? Yeah, is defending. he defending the belt? Okay. Yeah, he's defending. He's got. Uh, I, I think he's fought five in a row. I think or four in a row that he's won. Um, because he, I think yeah. So he actually. So I think that he won. Actually, I'm trying to think who he beat to get that to get the belt. Hang on one second. You, you just start talking. I'm gonna look it up. Well, yeah. I mean, I was. You were talking about jujitsu before that, and the thing I was laughing at in my head because you know I'm always so funny, even when I'm off the air. <laughs> um, one of the things I was thinking about is like, I know flying knee to the face. That's the UFC move I yeah. can give you. I know that's a thing because uh, it is. And I've, you, seen, and probably, I've seen Jorge Masvidal knock someone out in like five seconds. Yeah, and the uh, and you probably know the Superman punch. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean those those two those two I can give you, but even Superman punch I'm a little little short on. I uh, I just know flying knee to the face is very fun. Um, every time I see someone try it, because if you fail that, you're kind of in trouble from that point going forward. When you yeah. when you find yourself on the ground and now it's it's turning into a wrestling or uh, a jujitsu match, all of a sudden it is. Uh, 
or judo or whatever it ends up being. Yeah, you're yeah, kind of yeah. yeah. Well, that's what makes MMA different, man. There's like karate, uh, judo, jujitsu. You know, you you got to know a little bit of all of them. Wrestling. It's just that's why it makes it so interesting. Boxing. Um, yeah. So he faced Kevin Gastelum. I I always butcher his name too, but he was the interim uh, UFC champion at the time. Kevin was, and then uh, Israel beat him in 2019. So ever since then, uh, he has the belt. So I think he's I think he's defended like four times. He fought Yo Romero, uh, Paulo Costa. Uh, oh, so it's only the third time. But the point I'm trying to get at is that when you start doing these, like you know, like three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten times, like you start becoming like you know, like yeah, in it the becomes UFC legendary. Books. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, That's, yeah. It's when you can defend the title over and over, then you become a champ and a household name because you keep getting like for him, he's the what, he's a main event or co-main event for uh, tomorrow. He's the main event. He's he's a draw now, big time. So yeah, so then now now all of a sudden you're getting portions of pay-per-views and it changes all of the math behind how much you make in the fight and how much exposure you get and your name being on the front of the fight and the ESPN marketing machine and all that stuff. So to put this in perspective, um, the most. Uh, ever won in the UFC for title streaks was 11 with Demetrius Johnson. Uh, actually, believe it or not, I bet on Demetrius Johnson when he lost his 12th against uh, Henry Cejudo. And Henry Cejudo Oh, has, that's has right. He's awesome. Yeah, he was aw- I mean, I forgot he retired, but yeah, he won the championship and then just walked off on top. Like, he was awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then Demetrius Johnson's in um, the one championship. So, um... Right now, there is, the number one was Demetrius Johnson, which is eleven, and number ten was Anderson Silva. If you were to ask me, like who who I think the best of all time is, it's Anderson Silva. I think he's, dude, he is just a stud. I I, I loved him growing up, but yeah, it's it's uh, like it's him, it's it's Khabib, it's Cormier, yeah, it's John Cor- Bones Jones. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, George St. Pierre, you know all that. And oh, then, that's right. Yeah, he's an actor now. That's kind of cool. Yeah, he is. He is cool. Um, and then we got uh, uh, Kamar Usman has, I think, five title defenses. Four. And once you start getting in the five six range, you become like like goat status in that division. So uh, because eleven's obviously like ridiculous. Like literally, there's like three people who have over ten. But John Jones had eight and then three, which is pretty legendary. So he had eight between 2011 and 2012, 2015 rather, and it says relinquish. I'm pr- I'm trying to remember. Like I think he might have got like a drug. Like it might have been like one of his yeah, drug things where that he, was, he lost. That it. was because he had two one year suspensions and then he had a couple DUIs and yeah, and then and then he came back and won three in a row and then lost it again. So it's like, like this dude is the goat if he just could keep his life together like easily. If, if he just doesn't go, if he just doesn't like do all those dumb things, he's good. Yeah, and and John Jones has always been an interesting case because he is someone who people recognize in the sport and would be like celebrity status in the sport, but man, addiction is crazy, and you're seeing it. I mean, less so in front of your eyes because we haven't heard from John Jones in a couple years. But I remember, yeah. So he's in like, the heavyweight now. He's he 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 actually moved up in weight class and like basically got like you know like a you know like a head nod you know like kind of like a like virtual handshake of with. Dana White that he's going to get the, the title fight. That's what he said. And Dana White's like, no, nah, I never said that. So now there's like some beef there. But at the end of the day, like 
John Jones really like ruined it for himself because he could have been like bigger than the sport. I mean, if he doesn't get, if he just doesn't have those like, I mean, end of the day, like like you said, addiction's real. I'm not trying to like hate on him for it, just to be honest. But end of the day, like it's the truth. Like he could be like a god in the industry, but he's just not. Yeah, and it would be like what Khabib has slowly come into after the Connor fight and what Connor was because it's someone who transcends the sport where the name itself is bigger than the sport. Now Connor. Might might get into some of these triller fights and uh, cash in there, but he does he doesn't need the money anymore. It would just well, yeah be yeah for- he yeah he just sold uh, proper twelve I think like forty percent of the company for like six hundred million. I think he's good. Yeah, Connor Connor don't need to fight no more. But um, yeah, his, his life is going very well on that side. But like you said, he's bigger than the sport. Um, and it's rare when you have those circumstances where niche sports have a, a star who transcends the sport because they they pop to the mainstream for a little bit of time. Whether it's uh, whether it's Connor or Ronda Rousey or Serena Williams or Tiger Woods, it's always interesting when you have those people who transcend the sport. Yep, definitely. Yeah. So, any other thoughts you had on Kemba Walker? Because I know you wanted to talk about oh. that coming into the podcast today. That's actually I, why I, I wanted. Yeah, that's, I, I can, wanted to talk about that. Yeah, that's why. I, remember, remember before the uh, off the air, I was saying like I wanted to talk about something I couldn't remember what it was. It was that. It was your boy Kemba and Al Horford jokes? Because I've got lots of Al Horford jokes. <laughs> um, you know, we can do a quick little segment on this. Like, I think that the whole Kemba Walker situation is obviously unfortunate. Like, uh, so the report has come out that Kemba Walker wants out and the Celtics want want to trade him. And I guess that like it kind of soured on both of them once the Celtics try to trade Kemba Walker in 2000, in 2020, I think. And there's like a bunch of reports that like the Celtics are trying to trade Kemba Walker for Al Horford. I mean, like, oh, wouldn't that it's be just, full circle? Wouldn't that be yeah. bring everything full circle for Boston? Yeah, but and then Celtics are going to have to give up picks and stuff for that too. Like that's why Sam Presti acquired Al Horford to be able to. He knew that there's going to be one of these bad. He literally told Al Horford to go live on Cabo and don't even play. And not only that, they did it. They would have bought him out of his contract. Like traditionally, what they do with these things is like they trade for the player, they buy him out, they can go somewhere else. The Thunder literally did it with Myers Leonard and got a second round pick for Trevor Ariza, who they got after like three trade. Trevor Ariza got traded like five times in one offseason last year. But yeah. Um, but the same thing happened with Al Horford. But because Al Horford had three years left on his contract, they were like, "You're good." We'll pay, we're, we're, we paid basically we paid fifty million dollars for a third for a first round pick from the 76ers in two years. Like we will pay you, just enjoy yourself, and then we'll we'll negotiate a buyout maybe in a year from now. Like just yeah, or we'll pay or you, just him, go away. or trade them, yeah, or trade them. Like that's kind of where you know it's it's like I, I think you and I have talked about this in the past. So like in the NBA, it's good to have a bad contract, but these are really bad contracts. Like I'm talking like scary bad. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know how they're going to, if you're the Celtics, you know what they're going to do, but I mean, Kemba Walker's cashed. I well, mean, I, so I, I talked a little bit about this on radio and I was interested when you said like the Celtics need to trade Jalen Brown at the end of last episode. Cause I was like, well, who are they going to get in exchange well, for Jalen Brown? Well, here's which the is thing. I'm not, yeah, I'm not trading Jalen Brown for nobody. Like I'm not saying like, get rid of him. Like I'm saying like, I like him, but like, you know, like, like I'll give you an example. Like the James Harden situation, they should have traded Jalen Brown like yesterday, but they held on to him. Like that's yeah, that, I'm, that's the type of trade I'm talking about. So and so, so for the Kemba side, this is the thing I was thinking about coming full circle. There's about 
five to six like contracts that are bad and long in the NBA right now. Like Westbrook and John Wall, they flipped contracts um, last off season and they sent a first round pick to Washington or no, they sent a first round pick to Houston from Washington to get Chris Paul or to get Russell Westbrook, Westbrook yeah. for John Wall. So there's about a half dozen of those contracts that exist. And I was just making a list of it beforehand. So I've got Kemba Walker, John Wall, Al Horford, Buddy Heald, Chris Stapps Porzingis, and maybe Harrison Barnes. But to be honest, Harrison Barnes still has some good value left, as does Buddy Heald. But they're guys that they're not untradeable, but they're only tradable for other bad contracts where you're trying yeah. to get like a fresh start in a well, different it looks place. Like, it looks like the Wizards won that one. I mean, if you want to play that game, like they obviously got a better player than John Wall. I, 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 I sniffed that out day one. Yeah, John Wall. John Wall was awesome at the beginning, and then Wash or Houston got to a point where they're like, "Yo, we We're have to start. Games. We have to yeah. start tanking because if they fall out of the top four of the lottery, their pick goes to Oklahoma City. Yeah, and so they had to get those lottery ping pong ball odds. Them in Minnesota were just like they got to a point where like they probably could have won more games if they wanted to, yeah. but organizationally they were like, "We gots to protect our ping pong balls because if we lose yeah. this pick, we might be set back years and years as a franchise." Yep, exactly. But yeah, but 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 back to the Al Horford situation. Like, I think the Celtics like might be better off getting Al Horford. Um, over Kemba Walker, but like the end of the day, like it's still a bad situation. You know what I mean? Like you know, Kemba Walker is just cashed. Um, it's kind of a it's it's a shame because I think I thought it was gonna be a really good signing at the time, but I don't really know. I don't really know where it went wrong. I mean, I'm sure injury didn't help, but and then ever since the Celtics tried to trade trade him, I guess things went bad. I mean, I I think there's a lot more that happened behind the scenes with the Celtics and Danny Ainge. Like they don't just resign for no reason. Like I think Danny Ainge got fired, and I think especially that not Brad Danny Stevens, Ainge, who was there for yeah. twenty years in that job. Yeah, like like the Celtics don't fire people. Like that's what they say. They're they're quote unquote above that. So I don't know. Like I think that he basically said, "Hey, listen, man, we gotta go." You know, like the team does not respond to you well anymore, and. Um, Brad Stevens was like, they don't want you as coach. You're going to be GM now because they like Brad. But I don't know. I I just don't see Brad Stevens lasting well in that job either. I'm gonna I'm interested to see if it even turns out to anything. But at the end of the day, like this is an important off season, so I don't really know exactly what's going to happen. But at the end of the day, is they're not going to be better than Brooklyn with whatever they do. So they're going to have to figure it out. I, I don't even you know I'll leave that to them because they're a lot smarter than they. Yeah, I still find it hard to believe that Kemba Walker has no trade value. Like, I just, yeah, it just, I agree. It's, it's hard to believe that they can't get anything for it. Like, they can't even get like a Harrison Barnes for him at this point if they really wanted to. Uh, I, I, it just seems crazy to me, but I guess the contract does speak a little bit. Well, to, yeah, but uh, if they, if that. they just package picks with it, like they'll be fine, but I'm just not sure if they're willing that's to do not, that. Yeah, that's not something they can afford at this point because they yeah. don't have this plethora of picks anymore. They used all those draft picks. Yeah, they had a bunch of them and they drafted them all. They, they should have done, you know, less draft and stashes and these absolute bums in Maine. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, not all of them are bums. It's just the problem is. Draft picks were you have a better chance of hitting great players at the top of drafts like yeah. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Those were number three picks in the NBA draft, and you know Aaron Neesmith was fourteen. Peyton Pritchard was in the twenties. Uh, Grant Williams was in the twenties. Robert Williams was in the twenties. Like they're just yeah. lower tier guys that you know maybe now and then you'll get a Pascal Siakam or develop a Pascal Siakam, but. 
I mean, it's just a, a log jam now for Boston with all those young guys and none really like stepping up to be like, well, I am the man. Well, well, that's the point, though. That's that's the issue. They shouldn't have drafted all of them. They should have packaged them for more picks down the road or uh, for players. I mean, like, I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm not a GM, so I can't tell you what I think what I think they're gonna do outside of the uh, fact yes. just like my fandom. But like, man, like I am just. I'm just bummed out with the Celtics, and not this to mention where, the fact I'm pretty This is bummed. where I'm happy to put on my armchair GM hat right now and yeah. say, "Let me tell you about salary cap ramifications and potential Kemba Walker trades," because that is something I love to do just in my free time. That's what I do <laughs> in my free time. Yeah, it's tough, man. And then you get the Bruins getting bounced, man. I'm I'm not I'm not feeling very good today. Well, this is still a good podcast, regardless, and uh, yeah. may, maybe. Maybe this will be the last time we have Boston Celtics or Boston sports news in a while because your spoiled ass is finally getting a dose of reality <laughs> from uh, your sports teams. Fair, fair. But now we got like now we got to start talking about Mac Jones and all that, which is dude, let's the, not the, the do one, that. Let's not. Let's never. No, no. I've, the I, one I, thing about Boston <laughs> is that there is interesting things happening like ninety percent of the time. It is they have interesting conversations, but I. Oh, you don't like Mac? Oh, you're not a Mac Jones. Guy, I just, right? I well, one, I am anti Mac Jones. Mostly, the reason I'm anti Mac Jones is just because of the people who are pro Mac Jones make me <laughs> hate Mac Jones. Oh, fair, um, fair. I, I'm, I'm like that with many people, to be honest. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of the fact that the the Mac Jones crowd. It's the same thing with Josh Allen. I don't hate Josh Allen. It's just the people who aggressively support Josh Allen are the people who have American flags and guns in their profile photos, <laughs> and. It's the same thing with Mac Jones, and he ended up on the Patriots, and I really wanted the Patriots to be good again. And if that does that mean I have to root for Mac Jones again? It's just it's a lot. But anyways, uh, I I already survived a month of Mac Jones talk. I've been in, I've been in recovery of NFL draft talk for about six weeks because I'm like nobody knows how good any of these guys are, and nobody knows what team they're going to end up being. But on, I can so. tell you this though, I would have rather Justin Fields than Mac Jones. Absolute sure. I, I was I was certain yeah. on that. You know who you know who else agrees with you Nick Saban Nick Saban would agree with you on that and he had Mac Jones win him a national championship and he would have taken Justin Fields in a heartbeat if he could have had him yeah I agree with you man I agree with you but uh yeah well so what's your final thought you got anything uh well for my final thought it wouldn't be a full podcast here without a little stat of the day so uh yeah, we need we need to come up with stat of the day. We need to come up with gambling music. Uh, <laughs> I'll figure out a little jingle or something after because I've just uh, this is the thing I do on on Take It Easy all the time. Is like you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna create a jingle to figure out a <laughs> stat of the day song, and I'm gonna create a jingle to figure out what we're gonna do when gambling comes in. And the best we've ever done is playing Oye Como Va by Santana every time we wanted to do NBA standings analysis. So <laughs> we're not great at at following up on this marching band to nowhere but 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 you're with me now so we'll we'll get creative with this so anyway so the stat of the day i saved for my final thoughts because i want to talk baseball as we head into this magical weekend of nba playoffs and ufc fights and nhl (laughs) final fours i want to talk about baseball in the middle of june um and this is just an awesome stat so so mind you, before I begin, baseball is a sport where the worst team in baseball still wins one out of every three games and the best teams in baseball win two out of every three games. Like <laughs> baseball is a very 
close to the average sport. People like you don't have you don't have the terrible win percentages basketball has, where the Sixers won like eight games one year when they got yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah. Joel Embiid. Like it just doesn't happen in baseball. Like the worst team in the history of baseball still won more than one out of every four games. Uh, with that <laughs> preface being said. The Arizona Diamondbacks, presently with the worst record in Major League Baseball, have not won a road baseball game since April 25th. The, it is presently June 10th, and the Diamondbacks have not won a road baseball game since April 25th. They are 0-19, oh and they are God. three away from breaking the Major League record for consecutive losses on the road. Wow. Oh, that's a good stat. I that, that I'm I'm good with those type of stats. I like I like pain and suffering of baseball teams. Yes, and especially for myself because I'm like, wait a minute, I'm a Padres fan. They finished they finished last place seven of the last ten years of my childhood. That's us. <laughs> wait a minute. The Diamondbacks are us. The Diamondbacks are wallowing in their misery with just terrible teams all across. And the Padres are really good now. So yeah, uh, you, you can't see the big bright smile on my yeah, face right now. You got to give the victory lap. You get the victory lap for your final, your take of the day or stat of the day and final take. Wow, that's pretty good, man. Yeah, and so I am Kyle. Check out Take It Easy, and of course here on the DSD podcast. And for our buddy Cam, Mister DSD himself, his final thoughts of the day are. So it's not really a final thought. I already said it, but like I, I would, I would lay. Four to one odds on Nate Diaz this weekend. Trying to get some money, maybe get a little more betting involved. But I, I really like those odds. It's good. He might get smoked, but getting Nate Diaz four to one is really good. Like I, I'm prefacing with the fact that Leon Edwards is really good, like very, very underrated. But man, I just four to one. I'm, I'm all over that. I guess take Nate Diaz, and I'm saying take the Bucks in Game Three. And for probably most of you, you can check and see if that came true or not, because uh, yeah. most of, most of you are probably listening after Game Three of the Bucks Nets series. So uh, parlay that and tell us if you win 10, 10, to, ten to one odds on that double parlay. I guess, but I love that. Yep. Well, well, thank you again, Cam. This is uh, this is a great way to close out this week here on the DSD Absolutely. podcast. Um, make sure if you're listening here on Apple Podcast, follow, download a bunch of episodes. Check out our first three episodes. Leave a five-star review. doesn't matter if it's a nice review or a mean review. We just want a review, period. But preferably, I hope it's a nice review. Um, <laughs> So if you're checking us out on Spotify, follow, download, follow on Instagram, the DSD podcast. If you're looking for more DSD stuff, again, check the link in the description to today's episode. If you're looking for more Take It Easy, Comical Sports, anything like that, check out the link in the bio for Kyle as well. Um, thank you again, Cam. All right, that's it. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.